Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. Hi, Horror Den. I'm a Native American and I have a story to tell you. Your listeners may. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, believe it or not, I don't care. I just want to tell it. So, this happened a month ago. I had not been back to my reservation in years, and I was not sure what to expect when I returned. But as soon as I arrived, I knew that something was wrong. My people told me that Rez was plagued by a curse that had been passed down through generations, and the people were living in fear. I began to investigate, since the story was interesting, and I realized that the source of the curse may be closer to home than I thought. My first stop was the tribal elder. I told him that people speak about some kind of curse. He said that's true. And told me about the curse that had been cast upon us many generations ago, a curse that had brought sickness and death to our people. He told me of the sacrifices that had been made to try to appease the spirits, but nothing had worked. I was interested. As I'm not fan of supernatural this intrigued me. I knew that I had to find the source of the curse, and I started with my own family. My father had died when I was young, and my mother had never talked about him. But as I started asking questions, I began to realize that there was more to his death than I had ever known. I talked to my mother's sister, who told me that my father had been involved in some dark magic before he died. She didn't know much more than that, but it was enough to make me suspicious. I went to my mother and asked her about my father's involvement in the curse. She looked at me with sad eyes and told me the story of my father's descent into darkness. He had become obsessed with breaking the curse and had started experimenting with black magic. He had sacrificed animals and even other people in his quest for power. My mother had tried to stop him, but he had become too powerful. He had turned on her, and she had barely escaped with her life. She had never spoken of him again, until now. As I dug deeper, into old family case files, I found evidence that my father had been working with others in the community. They had all been trying to break the curse, but they had gone too far. They had used dark magic to try to control the spirits, and the spirits had turned on them. I figured that the curse had been created by our own people, and that we had been living with the consequences ever since. I don't know if this is real or not, or how to break this curse. But at least I found a truth about my father. Think about this whatever you will. It was dark. I was driving my truck going south on Highway 219 out of Hillsboro. I had the truck's bright lights on. I was scanning the countryside for wildlife as is my practice. I've seen hundreds of deer and a number of elk over the years. Not necessarily in this location, but, what I saw that night, made my mouth drop open. I saw a very tall, shaggy golden brown animal with two very long legs. Its arms were hugging its sides. It was standing as still as a tree as the headlights hit him. My first impression was that is the biggest deer I have ever seen in my life. But, even though it was looking directly into the headlights, the eyes were not reflective. It had no antlers, 
and as I got closer I saw that it didn't have hind legs or a horizontal body attached. It was taller than an elk and much, much taller than a white-tailed deer. I would estimate that it stood approximately 8 feet tall. It had a good build, well-proportioned, the hair seemed to be about 4 inches long and covered all the body except for the eyes. The head was round on top with little or no neck. The face appeared flat and the nose was small enough not to be noticed. The hair had a slight wave to it. It did not lay flat. To tell the truth, it looked a lot like Chewbacca, SP? From Star Wars. It was standing in a field about two to three pickup lengths from the road, facing the road at an angle in such a way that my headlights hit him straight on as I approached, and I could see him from the side as I passed him. I was going 55 miles per hour so I saw him for only seconds. But the image is etched in my brain. I've thought about this since the day it happened and can figure out nothing else that it could be other than a Sasquatch. I finally decided to report it. Also noticed, everything was ordinary. I was in such denial of what I saw, that I didn't even turn the car around. But the image stayed in my mind. I drove by the field again about an hour later. The animal was gone. I never thought I'd end up like this. A monster, a creature of legend that the Native American elders warned us about. It all started when my college decided to organize a cultural exchange program with a local reservation. It was supposed to be a chance for us to learn about their history, traditions, and way of life. We were warned not to wander too far from the group, but I didn't listen. It was a beautiful day, and the sun was shining brightly as we arrived at the reservation. We were greeted warmly by the locals, and they showed us around, telling us stories of their ancestors and the myths and legends that had been passed down through the generations. I was fascinated by it all and wanted to learn more. That's when I saw it. In the distance, a group of elders was performing a ritual. I couldn't resist the temptation to go and take a closer look. As I approached, I could feel the energy in the air. It was powerful, almost overwhelming. I watched in awe as the elders danced and chanted, their voices echoing through the valley. But then something happened. As the ritual came to an end, one of the elders noticed me. He approached me, his eyes blazing with anger. He spoke in his native language, and I didn't understand a word of it. But I knew he was angry. He pointed at me and muttered a curse under his breath. At first, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a warning, a way for the elders to scare me away from their sacred ground. But then things started to change. My skin began to itch and crawl, and my body felt like it was on fire. I could feel my bones shifting, my muscles contorting in ways they never had before. I tried to go back to my group, but I was too late. The transformation had already begun. I was becoming a creature of legend, one of the monsters that the elders had warned us about. I could feel myself losing control, my mind slipping away as the animal instincts took over. The other students were horrified when they saw me. They tried to run, to hide from the creature that I had become. But I couldn't let them go. I was consumed by a hunger, a desire to feed on their flesh and blood. I chased them through the reservation, my senses heightened by the transformation. I could hear their heartbeats, 
smell their fear. I was like a predator, stalking my prey. But then something strange happened. One of the locals, a wise old man, approached me. He spoke in his native language, and I could understand him. He told me that I was cursed, that the only way to break the curse was to perform a ritual, to ask for forgiveness from the spirits that I had offended. The other students helped me to perform the ritual, and as we did, I could feel the curse lifting. The transformation was reversing, and I was becoming human again. It was a close call, but we made it through. The experience had changed us all, in ways that we could never have imagined. We had learned to respect the traditions of others, to listen to the warnings of our elders, and to never take the power of ancient rituals lightly. We had been given a second chance, and we vowed never to forget the lesson that we had learned on that fateful day. I was walking down the road one afternoon about two in the afternoon on February 3, 2000. I was in the hills around the Trask Mountain area near Carlton, Oregon. I heard a loud pitch squeal that was coming from down near the creek. As I started to walk to where I heard the noise I noticed that there was big footprints in the muddy ground. So I stared to creep real slow up to where I heard the noise, cause I thought that it might be Bigfoot but I did not know. As I got closer to the creek I heard a loud crack of some limbs of a tree and that is when I saw him. Bigfoot. All that I saw was a 10-foot black ball of hair running up the bank into some thick forest area and then it was gone. I look around where it was in the water and there was a lot of prints and broken twigs. Now what he was doing in the water I do not know. I was scared at that time, so I ran out of there and got into my explorer and left. The next week I went up to the same location and the prints were gone. They had been washed away by the rain what I saw that day. I know I'll never see again but I hope that one day I can meet it face to face. While camping above Green Peter, well off the main road, my friends and I had an interesting experience. We were driving along the old logging road that branches left after the first bridge above the lake and stopped to smoke a cigarette. My friend wouldn't let me smoke in the jeep, we got out and stretched our legs a bit and were talking about heading back to camp before it got too dark when, on the hillside below us, the strangest sound I ever heard rang out. It was like a long warble, almost like a sad wail, if it had been human. One of the guys there is an amateur bird watcher and assured us that it was most certainly not a bird. I suggested it might be an hurt animal. The sound was deep and resonated, but it sounded like something in pain. We had all heard of Bigfoot sightings in the area, so we couldn't resist an opportunity to look for whatever made the sound. At this point, the three other guys decided they should keep an eye on the car, so I grabbed my rifle, there are bear up there too, and went down the hill. At first, I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, but when I rounded a big fir tree, I found big crevice in the rocky hillside. It wasn't deep enough to hide anything, but the smell was awful. It was like a mixture of human feces and wet dog awful. I started to yell up the hill to my friends about the smell, but only got the first syllable out before something large and fast burst from the other side of the rock and down the hillside. All I saw was a flash of dark brown, that could easily have been deer, but I found no deer sign, or any other recent animal sign around. 
scared the crap out of me. I have spent years in the woods in Oregon and have never, before or since, smelled anything like that or heard a similar sound. Was it Bigfoot? When I was around 17-18, am now 23, probably about a year or so before I had symptoms show up. I worked at a cinema which is notoriously haunted. People quit their jobs from seeing things, multiple people I know claim to have heard unexplainable voices laughs cries, doors locking being knocked on when no one's around that sort of thing. I was working on the food counter and a guy in a wheelchair came in and said look after your body kid in an extremely haunting fashion, me being an immature drug enthusiast laughed it off, and I'll never forget the look he gave me when I giggled at what he said, it's almost like I can still see his face and hear how he said it, I've had sleep paralysis with the guy's face staring back at me, creepy s. But the funny thing is shortly after this is when I started experiencing crazy health symptoms loss of control over my bowels bladder, pain in legs arms etc, I clearly didn't listen to his advice, smoking drinking doing pills sniffing anything that can be sniffed, basically just abusing my body to a high extent. I can't help but think this guy was some kind of messenger, something warning me about the path I was about to go down. So fast forward to today, am not well at all and it all feels like I've just ignored the signs that were put before me. I've never really been too into the whole God stuff but I've always left a space for the thought of something bigger than me, but recently I've started praying before I go to sleep, just asking for insurance with my health etc, hoping for the best kind of thing. I've always had an overactive imagination, I used to think I could astral project and always had crazy lucid dreams. But in the past few days I feel like when I close my eyes all I can see is crazy dark shit almost like demons and dark shit going on. But last night, I had these visions where two people were dressed in like robes and one of them offered me a hand, which I took. One of them then continued to dig into my chest and seemingly remove the pain in my chest and then held their hand up almost bringing attention to their five fingers. I don't know what this means and it kinda scares me as to what it could. I guess what I'm here saying is, you guys just think I'm nuts? Anyone had any similar s going on in their life? Is it time to fully accept God into my life? F knows, let me know what you think. My son and I were in the Detroit area in the fall of 2000 October. We heard what we thought was a high-pitched scream coming out of the creek bottom. We heard the sound twice, once very close just about 300 yard downhill from us. Then again from farther off and to the right in an area of big timber. The sound left an impression on the two of us. We have hunted and fished all over Oregon but the sound is like nothing I have ever in my life. Heard. It was as if you could hear it in your head after the sound had stopped. The area is southwest of Detroit on the south shore. Would very much like to hear other recorded sounds but little unsure. Maybe a little freaky hearing the same sound recorded by other people. Have been interested in Bigfoot since was a kid but the sound we heard is like nothing we've ever heard. I was in my mid-teens with a friend who was staying the night. We were looking out of my bedroom window, which was on a hill about 3 miles inland from the sea, 
This is the south coast of the UK so had a panoramic view out to sea, you could see miles both east and west as well as out to the horizon. Clear night, you could see the sea quite clearly, I guess there was probably some light from the moon. Over on the far left, so east, about 5 to 6 red lights seemed to flicker into existence on the surface of the sea. They were quite bright but nothing crazy. But they were moving to the right, incredibly fast. Like, faster than any boat you could imagine, basically streaking across. They'd sort of go one at a time in quick succession, slightly flickering as they went. They went in little bursts, like maybe 10% of the full area I could see, then another 10%, etc. My friend and I were amazed, couldn't work out what the hell they were, and kept staring. After about 2-3 to three minutes they'd pretty much got all the way to the right. Then they all seemed to flicker out completely. Then they reappeared back where they'd started. And the whole thing started again. My memory is they completely flickered out, this time a bit sooner, and that was it. The whole thing was about 5-6 to six minutes. So there is just no rational thing this can have been to me. Other than flotillas of impossibly fast boats, which I just can't see in a million years how they could have been that given the speed and behavior, and also who the hell is doing that with what would have to be two sets of boats at 11pm at night. And coordinating it so one lot left immediately after the first etc., the other option is someone shining lights out to sea from the beach I guess? But it's much too big an area and anyway, the lights were twinkling in a way that meant they were clearly shining out. And again, who the hell would have set that up for some weird 5 minute display? So yeah, aliens I guess? Even then, floating aliens? Never really heard of those, although there are some stories of craft coming out of the CEG some elements of the Nimitz story. All just very weird anyway. While performing a nighttime land navigation course for the National Guard, I was the lead person of an eight-man squad moving through predetermined checkpoints. I felt that there was something moving approximately 50 meters to the right of our formation through the trees. When I looked in the direction I observed a very tall creature moving rapidly behind the trees using very large strides. This creature was moving very deliberately but did not appear to be moving at full speed. The creature continued to move away from my group until it was no longer visible between the forest trees. Nobody else in the group saw the creature, although when I asked, the others said that I looked like I was scared. My girlfriend and I, brought our van to the campground, set up Christmas lights and turned the music up very loud. We were partying and drinking, and having a good time, until our driver's side door slammed shut very violently, like somebody gave it full force. Nobody was around and we were the only ones in the campground. I grabbed my knife and waited but didn't see anything after that. It was very freaky. By the way, there was a post about the Bohemian Mines area. We have camped up there too, it's very remote. We felt a very strange presence up there. We had a humongous bonfire to keep all intrusions away. During the summer I usually woke up early and went outside for walks or hikes at 5.30 am. 
I decided that I wanted to pick some staghorn sumac because it was August and at that time they're ripe. I walked from my house to the railroad tracks to start my walk. I walked a quarter mile down the tracks, I stopped and looked at some sumac trees that are along the side of the railroad bed with my flashlight because it was still dark outside. As I was looking at the sumac tree to see those fuzzy red cones, I see a person in the bushes behind this tree. It looked like a naked, pale, emaciated man hunched over running away from me while making no noise. I dismissed it as my brain screwing with me, but it did bother me a little. I was barely outside of my town limits when I saw this thing. Don't mind my terrible sentence structure. A powerful roaring scream was heard by Dana and Charmaine while they were fishing on a dock approximately 150 meters west of the Hoover campground. Located along the south side of Detroit Lake where the Santium River empties into the lake. The scream emanated from a point along the lake to the west of where the witnesses were fishing. Approximately 30 to 40 seconds later, an unidentified fisherman was seen running away from where the scream had originated. Upon seeing him, the witnesses immediately joined the visibly panicked fisherman on the trail and the three of them continued running until they reached the relative safety of the campground. Once there, they ladies asked, did you hear that scream? The shaken fisherman replied, hear it? Whatever that thing is was right next to me. After their brief conversation, Dana and Charmaine quickly struck their camp and drove back to Portland. This happened about 16 years ago and I still don't know how to wrap my head around it. So, my friend and I were sitting on my brother's bed watching TV, just chatting and hanging out. My brother had a box of metal BB pellets on the bed, we didn't bother moving cause he had his stuff everywhere. While we were hanging out my big German Shepherd Guinness came running into the room playfully and jumped up onto the bed causing the box of BB pellets to flip over and scatter everywhere. I still remember the sound of them hitting the hardwood floor. However as this was happening, it was as though time reversed, literally rewound and my dog ended up back on the floor as if he jumped down backwards, and all the BB pellets reversed back into the box. Even Guinness had a look of confusion on his face and he ran out of the room. When we looked down there were absolutely no pellets on the ground, and the box was closed and secure on the bed. My friend also remembers this in vivid detail, otherwise I would probably convince myself it was a weird dream, but we both experienced it and remember it all these years later. We were probably 13-ish at the time. Anyone else ever experienced something like this? So recently I have been experiencing weird phenomena and have some possible explanations for them. I want to start off that I am not on any mind-altering or hallucinogenic drugs, nor have I been diagnosed with any type of psychosis or other mental illness. The first thing happened around Christmas Eve, and around 6 AM I had this feeling of multiple hands, or maybe just one hand wrapping around my neck and trying to pull me out of bed. It stopped, then happened again as if it was a person trying again after the first attempt failed. My first thought was a break-in solely due to how realistic it felt. But when the sun fully came up there was no sign of forced entry or any broken doors, 
locks, or windows, as well as me not hearing anything in the night. This one was most likely sleep paralysis and I have wrote it off as such, as I have heard stories that are very similar and it's a relatively common thing. The second instance was last month or so, in which I briefly felt a touch around the same area, this time my arm or shoulder. I just remember the touch being super cold and icy and happened around 2 am. This one was possibly a tactile hallucination, though I never heard of the sensation feeling cold it's not impossible, just unusual maybe. Now this third event is where it gets weird. Around 5 am, I was jarred by the weirdest sound. It sounded exactly like a screaming horse, and was right outside my door. I live in a residential area with no farm animals. It also sounded like whatever was making the horse noise was also trying to open my door by rattling and pulling the handle. The sounds were way too clear to be an auditory hallucination. I have had those before and those can be loud, but usually only heard within my headspace. This was very clearly actually happening. It also wasn't a dream either because I was more than half awake at the time, as I have recently went back to bed after using the bathroom. The first two I have possible rational explanations for, but the horse noise incident I have no idea about. Does anybody here know what could be going on? Any further explanations or thoughts are welcome. I was diagnosed with a psychotic disorder last year, though my symptoms have been present for far longer. I am on olanzapine and have been stable and non-psychotic since I started the medication. Over a week ago I performed, at the behest of recent acquaintances a symbolic blood ritual. I was intoxicated at the time. That night I had a vivid lucid nightmare where I was walking through my childhood home alone at night. I came across a hole in the kitchen floor. It was probably about three feet across. I felt an overwhelming urge to crawl into the hole, when a feeling of intense pressure on my forehead woke me. Like something was pressing into my face as I slept. Every night since then, I have woken up multiple times in a panic, overwhelmed by a sense of dread and impending doom. Each time, right before I wake up, I am frequently fully lucid in my dreams, I am overtaken by the sense someone is standing over my bed, looking at me. A few days ago, I was playing an online game when stress and grief from a recent breakup caught up to me. I turned off my PC, personal computer, and cried in the dark. An ear-splitting scream came from the space maybe two inches from my left ear. It didn't sound afraid, or hurt, but utterly grief-stricken. I got up, shouting, and turned the lights on. No one and nothing was there. The following night I woke up to an odd sound coming from my closet. My closet has no door, and I can see into it from my bed as I sleep, though it is dark. It was a sound like something scraping. Like furniture being dragged across a stone floor. My room is carpeted, so that was not likely the actual source of the noise. I said out loud, I am trying to sleep, and the noise stopped. The following night I awoke to the sound again. This time, however, I saw something too. A tall figure standing in the closet, hunched over to fit under the low ceiling. I could not make out any facial features or identifiable clothing. I heard an unpleasantly loud voice which said, it's going to be okay, repeatedly. 
I did not take my eyes off the figure the entire time. Eventually the figure receded into the dark and I got up and turned all the lights on in my room. I am continuing to get the sense I am being watched or followed everywhere I go, though I haven't seen or heard things since then. If this is a real thing, I do not believe it to be malicious. I think it is probably very alien to me, and therefore scary. But I do not think it would be malicious. Again, I was told by multiple people on the post I made that this is probably not psychosis, so what is it? Is there any possible logical explanation? If I am being stalked by a regular human, I need Joe call the police, but I am not sure what is going on. Any help is greatly appreciated. I hunt on 800 acres in southern Ohio. The closest town is well over 15 miles away and I'm about 5 miles from the closest house other than my own. I was in a tree stand during mid-October at around 5 am. I still to this day have no explanation for the man I saw walking on the trail adjacent to my stand about 100 yards away. He was wearing a yellow shirt, athletic shorts and it didn't look like he was wearing shoes, it was still pretty dark at this time so I couldn't see super well. It was also about 45 degrees that morning which made things even slightly more confusing pertaining to his choice and outfit. I don't think he saw me. It would have been impossible to spot me from that far in that amount of light. The creepier thing is that none of the trails on our property come even close to any trails on the surrounding properties. I simply have no explanation for what I saw. Spent three weeks out in the Colorado wilderness with a safe survival camping group that checked in with your every three days to drop food check your water and take your trash with them. They knew where the 12 of us were but we didn't really know where each other were because it was more of a solo thing than a group camp. The closest person to me was about 200 yards away but we didn't see each other during the 18 days of camping, just on the hike in and hike out. Six to seven days into it I was sitting out in my chair with a book when I noticed someone about 50 yards away just meandering through the trees. Supply came the next day and I mentioned it, but they said it was pretty unlikely to be a random person because this was a private area and there was really only one way and that wasn't super rugged. I saw the same person again a few days later, this time going the exact opposite way and walking like they didn't have a care in the world. I think I had a full day alone before supply that time so I had a lot of time to keep my hatchet closer and then convince myself it was someone from the group getting a little antsy and stretching their legs. We talked about it on the way out and about half of us had seen the person, always from about 50 yards away, and everyone had thought it was someone else from the group. When I was a freshman in college, I had to take a wellness class as part of our core curriculum. In my case, the wellness class I took was intro to camping and hiking. The final project for our class was to go on an overnight hiking or camping excursion. A buddy and I picked a weekend to go before our final was due, and we packed up to go camp in a nearby national park. When we got there, things seemed pretty peaceful, there was no one around in the reserved camping area which at the time we thought nothing of. We only saw one other person while we were hiking, 
A figure in a hoodie who waved at us from across some falls we hiked to. After hiking for a while, we decided to call it a night once it got dark. Once we got back to our tent, that's where things got interesting. We noticed a few flashlights in the woods ahead of our tent, being shined in our direction. The fact that we saw flashlights wasn't an issue, but we were both bothered by the fact that multiple were concentrated in our direction. Being the burly outdoorsmen we thought ourselves to be, we grabbed our tiny hatchet we used to make kindling, and approached the lights in the woods. As we got nearer, we noticed a figure holding a flashlight stepped towards us. I shouted to him something like, hey, you guys lost? The figure then called back stay where you are, we're coming to help you. Being extremely confused, and at this point a little frightened, my friend and I obeyed. A state trooper. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Emerged from the field of lights and questioned us about whether we had recently saw anyone in the area. My friend and I both told him about the figure we saw near the falls, and the trooper's face lit up. He told us that we needed to leave the area immediately, as they were searching for a fugitive who had recently crossed over state lines and was spotted near the area. They had cleared everyone out of the camp area, but since my friend and I had arrived at dusk, they did not know we were there. Apparently, the figure we had seen shot someone in a robbery gone wrong, and fled once the police arrived. After learning that we had been sharing the forest with a killer, my friend and I got into our car and noped the F out of there. The one that has always stayed with me though, was the way the guy waved at us, as if he didn't have a care in the world. I was driving late night around 2-3 am in upstate New York in a rural town close to Albany. I was with one of my exes at the time and we were exploring some back roads around her house out because I'd never been in that area before. There was this large tree with a slight clearing around it on my left with a large branch reaching out perpendicular to the road around 6 feet high. I noticed a blackish floating figure dart into the branch and then disappear. It gave me watery eyes and freaked me out for a bit but I didn't know why. A second later when I turned my head there was nothing there so I didn't mention anything to my ex because I thought I would sound crazy. I felt a deep fear just looking at the tree and kept driving. About 5 minutes later after coming down the hill my ex turned to me and said that someone had died in a motorcycle accident back on the hill years ago and ended up getting decapitated. Chills ran down my spine and I told her what I saw. She didn't believe me so I said let's go back and I bet I can pick out the spot. We turned around and drove back up the hill and I picked out the exact spot it happened at. I don't really believe in ghosts so this whole experience shook me up pretty badly for a bit. I was out with my girlfriend, at the time, and my best friend and his wife. We went out to really secluded part of Smoky Mountain National Park, on the Carolina side. 
We had to drive on a 5-mile dead-end mountain winding road to get to the parking lot before we could go camping. Parking lot empty. Not a soul around for miles. No cell reception. A minute after we park, we see a car pull into the parking lot a few hundred yards ahead. A single man gets out, and walks to the tunnel, after which the hiking trail starts. His demeanor was kind of zombie blank-like. It didn't help that the last town that we visited before going to the hike looked like a bunch of meth ripped the town a new one. Everyone looked zonked, skinny, dirty, with no FS given. Anyways, this guy comes up to the edge of the tunnel, and attempted to dig around using a shovel that he had with him for a minute or two. Then he walked back to his car. On the way back, he did ask where we were going and without thinking I made the mistake of telling him which hiking path we were planning on taking. Then a few minutes later, he went back to his car and drove off. Remember, this was a secluded, winding mountain, dead-end road that you had to drive 5 miles on before hitting the parking lot. So basically this guy made the drive to poke at the ground and then left. We didn't see a single other car the whole time we were there. We ended up hiking for a few hours, then it started getting dark and we were getting lost and ill-prepared at best. With two dainty women and nearly dead flashlights. Also, the place was known to have bears. We ended up walking back. When we got back to the parking lot, we were very relieved when our car was still there. Apparently everyone was freaked out about this guy coming back and doing something awful. There was no good explanation of why he went there except that he was following us. There was no one around to help. He could have stolen the car, cut the brakes, and or done stalked us and no one would ever know or find us. I still have no idea why the guy went there or what he was doing there. But definitely feel we made the right call not to leave the car there overnight. When I was growing up I lived in a town that currently has a population just shy of 200 so less than. We would go hunting and fishing and camping a lot and I don't remember what the reason for this one trip was but we were driving down. The dirt road a lot of the roads were dirt but that one we called the dirt road no people anywhere around back then. It is late at night and I see an orange glowing thing just over the tree line. I ask my father what it is and he says it is the moon but one issue if that was the moon what was the sliver not quite as fully round thing on the other side of the road? Anyway whatever it was dipped below the tree line and apparently I was the only person who ever saw it. While out hiking in the middle of the night with my friends in California, we came across a mountain lion. We were headed down the mountain, my friend at the front, another one of my friends in the middle, and myself in the back, the front friend suddenly stopped and asked, did you guys hear that? I thought he was joking, but asked what? Anyway. Consequently, I looked to my left off the trail and saw glowing eyes staring back at me, about 15-20 feet away. I pushed the button on my headlamp to make it shine brighter, and saw the silhouette of a mountain lion. We all stared at it in fear, and it stared back. Finally, I called out and raised my arms above my head hey lion. In an attempt to scare it away. This next part I'll never forget. It blinked exactly once, and very slowly, like how common housemate blink. 
Then it turned away and we couldn't see it anymore. All the way down the mountain, we shouted random things to scare it away, if it was even still following us. We even had a conversation while shouting just to keep our minds off it. Mind you, we were terrified. I remember every 20 seconds or so I would check behind us and scan the area to see if it was following us. Also, myself and the friend in the front had our knives drawn, as if my little Leatherman would have made a difference in the event of an attack. Knowing that mountain lions attack their prey from behind, and with myself being in the back of the group, my friend very well could have saved my life. I was at church camp many years ago. The tradition that was fulfilled every year was to visit an abandoned house in the dead of night with the campers and tell scary stories about the past residents of said residents. A pretty long trail from the camp is the fastest trail, along with camp counselors jumping out to scare the kids. A head count was taken once during the trip and also when the campers got to the house. A camper was reported missing once we got to the house and a group of counselors were scrambled to find her. She was found back at camp unconscious in her cabin. She didn't remember returning to her cabin but she was very sore. No other details are known other than that hermits live in the camp during the winter. This past November I was finishing a two-month project in Wyoming. I worked four to five days during the week and moonlighted as a DJ at a bar in Riverton. Sometimes I would call a friend just to stay awake as I would wake up at four and be up for around 23 hours straight. One night on the phone I thought I heard a womanly scream. I was parked by the cabin but had no idea where the noise came from. The canyons made directional noises difficult. I waited a few minutes to see if I cooked hear it again but nothing. One night after closing out DJing at around 2.30 am and heading back 18 miles to the cabin, rented out by a big game travel guide that lived next door, I was sharing with my co-workers. I seen a huge gnarly beast of an animal with huge fangs and the size of me on the side of the road with blood red eyes. It scared the living piss out of me as it was in the general area of the cabin. Since it was still a 200 foot walk in complete darkness and with no firearms with me I slept in the truck. I awoke the next morning and told the boys why I slept in the truck. I ain't gonna lie I was scared. And after describing what I saw and looking around the cabin I pointed at a taxidermied mountain lion and said actually it looked just like that. At first nobody believed me. Even the big game guide neighbor, Dave, said that mountain lions never came down from the mountain, or close to town act. It wasn't till later that day his, Dave, neighbor and his daughter came to warn us that they spotted a mountain lion from their hunting blind a mere 300 meters away. The next day the mountain lion was hit by a truck. Luckily not mine. In high school my best friend's father was divorced and never remarried so he had lots of free time to travel. One of his favorite things to do was backpack, alone. In the summer of 2010 he decided to backpack through a rather large canyon somewhere Jordan. He had planned on it taking him a total of 5 days to hike from one village to the next via this canyon. 
On his third day in the canyon he was awoken by a large brown bear so he pulled out his camera to take a few photos. As he was scrolling through the photos he had just taken he scrolled one back too far and found a picture of him sleeping in his tent. All in all he found over a dozen photos of him sleeping inside his tent with the date stamp being from the night before. He had yet to see a single person during his adventure thus far. After that night he decided to travel during the night and sleep during the daylight hours. He did this for two days before he could make it to the next village. After that incident he never went backpacking alone again. I was camping with my boy scout troop in Alpine, New Jersey when I was in early 8th grade, November of 2010. I stepped out of the cabin in the middle of the night to take a piss and went out and did my business. I stood outside for a second, taking in the campsite. I was standing by a picnic table and glanced around. The moon was so bright that it made the sky look dark blue rather than black, and there was a light fog ominously cascading along the campsite. I heard a rustling in some bushes and didn't think much of it at first. But it continued and got louder. Slowly. I moved my flashlight along until I got to the source of the noise as it got louder and louder. I looked over and saw something that I still don't quite understand, to be honest. This thing was gigantic. Standing on hind legs, he was tall and had a muscular body with fur that looked to be black slash dark gray. He had the head of a dog slash wolf, only thicker. And the weirdest part? Yellow eyes. I stared at him, and he stared at me. And then he just vanished. Ran away faster than I could even blink. I was so bewildered that I blacked out for a minute and had to sit down, but I went back to the cabin and tried to go back to sleep. I managed to block it out of my mind for a while repressed memories is the term, I believe, but it eventually resurfaced when I watched an episode of Monster Quest about werewolves. This doesn't really bother me anymore, truthfully. I actually think it was pretty damn cool, almost like the setting for a perfect horror movie lol. The funny thing is, I feel like this thing didn't want to see me any more than I wanted to see him. It's as if we looked at each other and just silently agreed to say nothing, leave each other alone and then act like all this shit never happened. I personally don't buy into all that transformation, bark at the moon BS. I think werewolves are more of an undiscovered species. I stayed with the troop for a while after making Eagle to help mentor some younger scouts and while I'll always be known as the fun leader, probably due to being closer in age, I still always stress to them that the buddy system is mandatory at all times. Because my night could have been much different if this wolf creature I saw was a little more on the confrontational side. Cue the creepy organ music, lightning crackling, evil laugh and wolves howling. This was in Meridian State Park and it isn't spooky just kinda weird and terribly short. I went to a small private school and every year we would do a camping trip to Meridian. Nothing odd ever really happened until my senior year. I had a cot right next to the door of the cabin for whatever reason I bolted straight up in my bed wide awake to see a man standing just inside the entrance of the cabin. He was dressed in what I can only describe as something that would resemble a spec ops character out of a video game. 
I remember thinking WTF this dude is military and I noticed quite clearly his eyes glowed red, not like demonic red or anything supernatural more like he had on glasses or goggles that put of a red light. Being 17, a martial artist and a do you even lift bro kinda of guy back then I started to say WTF. But he just raised one finger to his lips like to silence me and said, shh, next thing I know I am waking up and it is morning. Some of the other guys had said they thought they had seen someone in the woods earlier the day before but ignored it as shadows. Nothing was taken, no one was harmed still no clue what that was all about but here 20 something years later I still remember it vividly. I have met a few bears camping. In Alberta we have three types of bears, brown, black and grizzly. I learned that what to do when you encounter each kind is different. I just know grizzlies are badass mean. I met a brown cub once but I didn't know if it was a grizzly or not. We were way up north roughing it camping and I came upon it in the tree my uncle tied our food up in to keep it away from bears. This cub was having a good meal of my supper but I knew his mama was probably nearby so I froze and had no idea what to do. I was a 12 year old girl at the time. My uncle trained sled dogs and had a retired husky wolf with us for protection. Not the kind of dog you can pet because he was a grouch. Anyways, I'm standing stiff as a board when his dog, named Bear, ran over and growled at the bear cub. It claimed down the tree and ran off. At this point I started running and could hear something chasing me. Then it ran by me. It was the dog. I thought the mama bear must be chasing it so I just ran harder and but she didn't end up eating me or chasing me so that was nice. I stayed closer to the dog the rest of the trip even though he didn't seem to like me. I've been going offshore for a couple of decades now. My trips to Alaska have always left a massive impression on me. I think it's the lack of people and the general ominous feeling that the land can give off at times, kinda like people are not really welcome there. When I was crossing the Gulf of Alaska just far enough offshore that you couldn't see the beach but just the tops of several mountains and Mount Logan, a big bastard, were visible. They looked like teeth and combined with the larger waves the whole scene did not look welcoming in the slightest. I can see how ancient mariners could easily come back with tales of monster islands after seeing something like that. I've also recovered gear in the middle of the night in Alaska, right before a storm. The seas were actually really calm but the skies were pitch black and there were no other lights to be seen. Strangely the lights of our vessel didn't seem to reflect off of anything in the air either and the feeling was that just off the boat in any direction was nothing. Then of course are the storms offshore. I've been in shitty weather fairly often but only a few times did I really reconsider my life choices. Getting stuck in a storm is bad, but getting stuck in a storm when shit starts to break on a boat is far worse. You really do get a feeling that the sea might just take you and it's just beating you for days until something breaks. I've only had two occasions where that happened, both times people actually left the industry when the vessel tied up. The feeling of relief as your vessel limps into port and you have sun on your face once more is breathtaking. After I graduated high school, I moved to Spokane for college. 
My, now ex, boyfriend still lived on the Oregon coast and when we both had a long weekend we decided to meet halfway to go camping. This place ended up being near the Dalles, for everyone even thinking that might be a nice place to visit, don't bother, it's a shithole. Anyway, we drive up 84 and found a campground that was locked for winter, just past it was a turnoff with a nice clearing that was big enough to pitch camp for the night. The first night was uneventful, we had a fire made dinner and went to sleep around 12. It was the next morning when we were about to go hiking that things became weird. I was just starting the fire and my ex was getting food together when suddenly it got really quiet and four people came walking down from the wooded hillside. There weren't trails around, no cars and we were about 15 miles from the nearest town. The two men and two women were wearing business attire, think nice suits and dresses, they just walked by our camp without making a sound and didn't even acknowledge us as I called out a meek hello. I have no idea where they came from and how they were so clean after tromping down through the PNW forest. I can still clearly remember how they silently paraded past us and disappeared through the trees, gives me the chills. My ex and I nervously laughed it off and after a few drinks and a long calm day we forgot all about it by nightfall. We were just climbing into the tent when lights flashed and lit up the whole area, a voice on a megaphone was calling us to show ourselves. Scared shitless and heart thudding I got out of the tent to see a police cruiser parked behind my car, his spotlight throwing unnatural shadows through the clearing. He asked us how why we were there and what we were doing. We mentioned spending the previous night at the spot and wanted to stay one more. He stepped from his car and told us that he checks this stop nightly because people go missing in this area all the time. Thoroughly freaked out, we told him we would pack up and leave within an hour but that wasn't enough for him. He stayed, light still glaring and waited for us to pack camp, throw everything in the trunk of my car and then proceeded to follow us all the way to the interstate. I still don't know what or who we saw that day but even driving through the gorge has scared me ever since. Last summer, I got this brilliant idea to go for a personal retreat at these primitive log cabins in the middle of a state park. They have a light, a fan, an electricity plug-in, and a wall unit AC. No restroom, that's 130 yards away from my cabin. One of eight spread out in the woods so you can only see the next one in daylight if you look in just the right spot. I went alone, for two nights. First night, I'm up in the loft trying to fall asleep, and I freeze when I hear a metal sound like someone is outside the door, playing with the latch. Luckily, I have LTE coverage, so I text my husband that I think someone is trying to get in my cabin and I am sure I am about to get murdered. I am freaking out. It goes quiet for a few minutes, then it sounds like someone is taunting me by scratching on the screen on the window. This lasts for what feels like hours. I'm alternating between freaking out to my husband, thinking about what I have in reach to protect myself with, not a thing, and being at peace with my fate. He is trying to tell me it has to be an animal, that I am going to be okay, and to take deep breaths and try to calm down. The scratching lasts long enough that I finally tell myself if it's a murderer, they must be inordinately patient, I mean, surely the dude was watching me all afternoon and knows I'm alone. What's taking so long? 
I eventually fall asleep, only to he awakened at around 3 am by the call of nature. No way am I leaving the cabin, but I have nothing to pee in in the loft, it's messy for a woman to try to pee in a container anyway, never wanted a penis so bad in my life, and the urge is so strong I'm either wetting myself, staying awake until daylight to control myself, or going down to the main floor and finding something to pee in and giving it a try. I try to hold it for probably 30 minutes, but with at least 3.5 hours until dawn, no way am I gonna be able to make it. As fast as I can, I climb down the ladder and only turn on the flashlight to hold it between my teeth while I'm peeing, grab the empty sandwich Ziploc box, square shaped and flat, and proceed to practically fill it up with only a few spills. I go back up to the loft, fall asleep, and awake at 8 grateful to be alive. I drove into town that day and bought a funnel, mace, and another 2 liter so I could use the empty one to pee in that night. That experiment was only partly a failure. On the last day, I'm snacking on the last of the chips I brought and I discover several holes in the bottom of the bag and some tiny, shiny confetti bits of the chip bag. I remember seeing some little black pellets the bottom of the Walmart sack I was storing my snacks in, then it hits me. It was a mouse. The metal sound was the silverware shifting around in the bag as the mouse walked around the bag. The scratching was the mouse nibbling through the bag, and later when it changed slightly, eating the chips. This summer, I took a friend and we stored our food in metal popcorn tins. Each morning, we laughed as we swept away the mouse turds from the porch. I woke her up to trek to the bathhouse with me in the middle of the night. Lessons learned. I searched for the darkest place in North America to camp and watch stars. Take five friends out to Cosmic Meadows, New Mexico. Camping went well, stars were amazing. Flash forward to sunrise the next morning. Me, my boyfriend, and his younger brother are watching the sun rise over this valley. It was incredibly beautiful and peaceful. Then we start to hear what sounds like a woman screaming, screaming like she's being hurt. I immediately think mountain lion and tell the guys so they don't freak. Then we start to hear what sounds like three four women screaming together, you know how you would to make your voices louder in unison, but like they are in agonizing pain. My boyfriend says, that is not a mountain lion that sounds like people in trouble. We all look at each other in agreement and my boyfriend yells run and at this point we hear what sounds like a small group of women screaming for help in the middle of nowhere. The screaming continues. We are all sprinting full speed down this hill towards the screaming, dodging rocks and brush hoping not to trip. The screaming continues. I can't stop thinking about all the horrible things we might find. Who put those girls out there? What are they doing to them? What the hell am I gonna do once I get there? The screams continue. Then out of nowhere the screams turn to what I can only describe as, I kid you not, Demon growls slash howls slash screams. The female voices transformed into one voice that had the ability to make more than one sound at a time. All three of us slide to a dead stop, look at one another scared slash confused and my boyfriend once again yells run and now we are booking it in the opposite direction. 
We continue to hear the scream slash growl but it sounded like it was getting closer like it all of a sudden went from hundreds of yards away to just a couple of bushes back behind us. We finally make it all the way back up the hill where we started and sprint back to camp to find the others and pack all our s up. I was bicycle touring through Europe solo and was riding through Austria heading west from Vienna on a path that followed the Danube River. I should also note I was wild camping most nights to save money aka just setting up a tent wherever the f it seemed like no one would bother me. When it came time to find a place to sleep one night I found a random dirt road that peeled off into the woods. I ended up following it for a bit before finding a meadow I could hide my tent in. I did the evening routine just like every other night and passed out. Sometime in the middle of the night I woke up to one of the most terrifying animal screams slash moans I have ever heard. After lying there for a minute wondering if it was just a dream, I heard it again. Then again, but closer. And closer. And closer, till it sounded like it was right outside my tent. The thing to remember is that I was that nobody on planet earth knew where I was there which was a very unsettling thought as I lay there with my knife in one hand and light in the other ready to stab to shit whatever demon creature burst through my tent wall. Then just like that, it stopped for a couple seconds before I heard the noise moving away from me. The noise kept echoing through the woods for a couple minutes getting further and further away each time. After a terrible couple hours of trying to sleep and waiting for the sun I got out of the tent looking for any sign of said creature which there was none. After telling someone about this they said it was probably a boar which indeed it was which is also unsettling cause those people are mean. Here is what it sounded like for those who are curious. I wasn't alone when this happened. When I was 14. About 6 years and 11 months ago, my scout troop was doing a backpacking trip out in northeastern Oregon. It was some seriously isolated country. The nearest town, with a population of like 70, was about 50 miles as the crow flies away. Nearest town with a population of more than a couple hundred was probably about 100 miles away, and the nearest population center you could call a city was easily hundreds of miles away. We were probably the only people out there for dozens of miles in any direction. One night, after a hard day of hiking in the hot August heat, we were sitting around the fire just relaxing around midnight. 14 people not including me, 12 scouts between the ages of 12 and almost 18, and 2 adult scout leaders. No drugs or alcohol because it was a boy scout thing. We were just shooting the shit when we saw this gigantic bright, glittering orb slowly moving across the sky. It was a full moon without a cloud in the sky that night, and it was easily twice the size of the moon and a couple times brighter. We thought it was a comet or something, but I've never seen any pictures or videos on the internet that even came close to resembling it, it was just so bright and glittering. We sat there awestruck because it was quite beautiful. Then it just stops in mid-air. Just hangs there for a couple seconds. Then it break up into five smaller but just as bright orbs, two dart into the sky incredibly fast and disappears from sight in seconds, 
one goes parallel to the ground and also disappears from sight with seconds, and two go towards the ground until the terrain about 10 or so miles away obscures them from view. Then another orb, just as big and bright, appears and does the same thing. Stops in midair and breaks up. Now, that was weird, but the weirdest thing was this odd feeling I started feeling. Fear, dread, anger, hate, none of those can describe it. It was like whatever part of me that assigns emotions to stimuli just could not decide what emotion to assign to this, it just knew it was bad and wrong somehow. The consensus around the campfire was that everyone was feeling the same thing. We had no reason to feel this, but we were all feeling it. Even one of our scoutmasters, a Marine Corps infantry vet who served in Vietnam, and had 25 years of law enforcement experience at the time, was seriously freaked out. Then we heard footsteps all around our camp. I know the difference between animal footsteps and human footsteps, animals walk with a lot of caution. They walk for a bit, stop and scope out the area, walk for a bit, and repeat. Especially when there are a dozen plus humans around. Humans just keep walking, they don't have any caution generally. And the frequency of the steps is different. These were human, or at least human sounding. And a lot of them, it sounded like a bunch of people just pacing around our campsite. Flashlights revealed nothing. We should have seen them, the steps sounded close, but it looked like no one was there. Just footsteps. The next day there were no tracks, no broken branches or downtrodden plants like you would expect to see. For the rest of the trip we had someone on lookout every night. I'm not saying this was aliens, or some government project, or ghosts. I'm not sure if I even believe in those. I'm saying I saw something seriously weird, and I'm not jumping to any conclusions. When I ask the other guys who were there if they remember it, the response is always something to the effect of yes I remember, but let's please not talk about it. Edit, also one time when I was hiking out in the Cascades during the winter, I found a deer skull sitting atop a pile of snow. No footprints around, no snow on the skull so it had somehow ended up there pretty recently.